and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. Jake, I am. Wow, dude. We just immediately sat down and started talking about the world around us. Mm-hmm. There's no time to even... to even. There's things I got to talk to you about, mm-hmm. but I, I had to push those aside because... Wow. We're a month out from the, we're a month out from the election, and yeah. this is like... I don't know. I just if you're like politically inclined and that kind of stuff, like this is our time to shine. Wow. But we gotta talk about Okay, so we gotta you, talk about Trump's just absolute implosion over the last like two weeks. Yeah, he's just uh just losing it. I I I was arguing that he was intentionally like he's trying he's trying not he's trying to lose. Like mm-hmm. him saying that he's not gonna give out stimulus checks until after the election. So many people are pissed. Mm-hmm. And like those who kind of have a, a better understanding of like how the shape of like this legislation and stuff works mm-hmm. understand that he doesn't want to sign into law or sign it, sign anything that's that's designed by the House that's going to throw in other things like beneficial things. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's like, just give me something that says here's the money for the people. I'll sign it. Right. Yeah. That's where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. But to the average like person, they're hearing. You ain't getting no money till I'm president. Yeah. And that doesn't sound good to people. No, it doesn't. It sounds absolutely awful. And he's just, man, he's just, nothing he is doing, his whole coronavirus mask thing, like, they're just so out of, we'll talk about the debate last. Did you watch it? Yeah, of course. Uh, We'll talk about that because there is so many things that I just feel like they're tone deaf. Like, they're not reading the poll they're not reading the polls of what people care i'm not talking about like favorability between right, biden and, and right. trump but what people in america care about yeah like they're not like paying attention to that you said something was it last week you said something or oh man uh, you said something recently to me about you know when we were talking about hillary clinton and you were just like you know during that during her you know campaign in 2016 she just seemed uh, you said something along the lines of like her feel, seeming disinterested or like mm-hmm. not really all into it. Uh, and I kind of feel like I'm seeing that. I definitely felt that from Mike last night. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, like 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 you're mentioning here, like they're just tone deaf to, to what people are worried about or what people want. Mm-hmm. And then to tell people you ain't getting your money until I'm president again. Like that's how that's how vicious it sounds yeah like you're not i'm not going to help you unless i'm president Mm -hmm. i just so the thing that caught me just completely off guard last this morning yeah yeah. was waking up to um a bunch of tweets about what trump is currently saying on fox news business insider this morning he called in to do his morning like rant about stuff yeah and i'm so glad he has that platform so he just calls into Fox, and I've seen the. I mean, I, and then of course everybody's linking, like linking the video. Right. So then I clicked on the video and watched it, and he's, he's. This is like a lengthy, probably like five minute video, and he's just. I mean, he's hitting all of the same shitty notes that he was trying to push on the debate, which is you know there there's, there's collusion. He wants Barr. He goes and he says he throws Barr under the bus, saying if Barr doesn't bring. Uh, indictments against Biden, Obama, and Hillary Clinton over the email and the collusion and like and the making up of the collusion, which no like a bipartisan Senate committee has already debunked right what Trump is trying to push as Obamagate, which it's it it's <laughs> none of the reason why nobody besides like 
a couple talking heads on Fox and then all of like, you know, maybe OAN and a bunch of crazies are, they're the only ones talking about it. And there's a reason is because there's no truth to it at all. Right. Like it is, you can't, and the reason why, and you don't think if Barr could bring indictments against those he three, would. he would have instantly. Yes, but yeah. he can't. But, but so Biden throws Barr under the bus saying he needs to bring, he, if he doesn't bring uh, indictments against those three, uh, for making up the Russian collusion, yeah, uh, that it would be the greatest, um, be the greatest criminal something in the history. It, everything is always in the, the history greatest of our and the country, worst in, and... in the history of our country. And then he said, uh, then he goes and throws uh, Christopher Ray under the bus, who's the FBI director, yeah, um, for uh, for not trying to indict uh, people in the post office. In, in not thinking what? in not thinking that um, all of this all the um, post office employees who are throwing ballots into the river uh, he's not investigating that and not thinking that the that there's in the Christopher Ray stating publicly that he doesn't believe that there is any that there is a risk of uh, risk of fraud with mail-in voting Christopher <laughs> Ray his FBI director came his out and FBI said director. It, came out and stated that there is no there's there's no concern about fraud with mail-in voting. He's just saying all this this morning. So, so Trump, yeah, went off and, and threw his FBI director, his secretary general, both under the bus, and then goes on to talk Dude. about the debate from last night, into which he does not refer to Senator Harris by her first name, by her last name. No, he gives her the the name of just monster. He said the monster, quote, the monster that debated Mike Pence last night. This is why we had to immediately press record because I did not hear that. And oh my God. W- what is he doing? I don't know, but he is incredibly unpopular with women. And that ain't helping him. No. To the point of being tone deaf to the <laughs> to the people he needs to, yeah. to win. Yeah. Yeah. Just calling the f- one of the first female... Like she, who could potentially be the first female vice, uh, president. vice president? Yeah, a monster. A monster. What was the context? He just or any. Said, I mean, any woman a monster right. doesn't have to be right. a woman of of uh, Senator Harris's stature, right? But someone of <laughs> Senator Harris's stature. Now, I have. I think she did not perform particularly well last night. We'll get it. We'll get into all okay. of this. Um, I think she did what a vice presidential d- debate should. What you should do in a vice presidential okay. debate, which is don't do any harm, just okay. get through it. Mm-hmm. But I thought she missed, she missed some opportunities. Okay. We'll talk about okay. that. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, I just couldn't believe what I had read and and saw this morning. Wow, so he's dude. Just, he's just he's off the rails. He's just he's off the rails. So you know everybody's been talking about you know Biden being wired and Biden being like the puppet to the puppet masters of Pelosi and Schumer. Um, now that Trump is hiding in, <laughs> I say hiding intentionally, but you know, he's, he's, he's sick, right? Mm-hmm. He's sick and they're pumping him full of steroids and there, there's this new narrative that like, I've been seeing it everywhere that now like Donald, okay. At what point does Donald Trump die? And, uh, the Republican party take over and just con- <laughs> weekend at Bernie's control him like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> so like the same narrative that they've been trying to spout about Biden mm-hmm. has been flipped and now turned on Donald Trump and, um, the Lincoln project mm-hmm. yesterday they tweeted, uh, they started this 
tweet, this campaign that went viral on Twitter, um, was trending. Hashtag where's Trump? Within 30 minutes, he was in the Oval Office trying to be like photographed and filmed. Mm-hmm. He is so sensitive. Yeah. He's so sensitive. And Biden got him so many times to overreact. I know. Biden was wanting those blow-ups. I know. He smiled and laughed every time he he got him. I know he did. He's just smiling, looking at him like, it's too easy. Yeah. Do you want a leader like that? No. Dude, the, the thing is, like the Lincoln Project, dude, those guys are the best trolls they because are they're incredible. because they're because they they're Republicans. And they know how to they know how to get this guy right, right. It's that's a great point, and it's just I love the link. I love the Lincoln Project. For Me those too. Of, for, those, for those of you who don't know who the Lincoln Project is, it's a group of uh, former um, former civil servants, former you know basically attorneys, basically people who have lived in and around Washington, D.C., in the, the Beltway their entire lives, um, either working in the military, the civil service, uh, working in the White Houses, their former advisors. Basically, it's, it's a conglomerate of ex-Republicans or current Republic, real Republicans who formed the Lincoln Project basically as a, as a counterweight to Trump in Trumpism. Um, they're phenomenal. Go look at their website, the Lincoln Project. Uh, you, you won't be disappointed because they do some of the best troll work on the president I've ever seen. Well, and it's, it's, it's one of the greatest thing about it is like you said, as Republicans, they can point out hypocrisy Mm -hmm. and they're not, you know, they are trolling, but what they're also saying is like, yo, you're Republican. What about this? What about that? Because they know what Republicanism is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And because he isn't a Republican, they're like, uh, yo, what about the, all of this, you know, they just lay it out. So I don't know, just the hypocrisy that they show. It's just like, dang dude, they're Mm -hmm. so good at it. They are very good. It, it, uh, was unfortunate that, um, George Conway had to step away. Uh, but he did. mm -hmm. Why him and him and Kellyanne both decided to step, step away. Oh, I didn't um, know that. It's just to work on their family. They both have young kids and, um, it, but he's still active. Like he just wrote a, he just wrote an op-ed for the Atlantic last week. Oh, he's still like, they're still active, but, um, they're both taking their time away, which good for them. She's sick now. She's got coronavirus. Does she have Rona? Yeah. So um, everybody in that White House. Yeah. So let's take a break real quick. Anything new in for you in life? Uh, just have been. I just been out with my camera. Dude, ton. you traveled the whole Pacific Northwest. Yeah. The only place you didn't go is to the desert this weekend. I know. I and I w- <laughs> I would love to go into the high desert. Yeah. Like down to the Deschutes. Yeah. Area. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's gorgeous area. But you went to the beach and then you were immediately at the mountain. Mm-hmm. Can you operate? Uh. No. Okay. <laughs> um, have you haven't been splinched. I have not. No, I have never been splinched. That is a huge. I mean, the talk about losing limbs. Oh gosh. Big fear of mine. Is getting splinched. Big fear of mine. That's well, why. Yeah, that's it why took I don't. So long I, to operate. Mostly, I use flu powder oh, or my broom. Good call. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, what about a port key? Or that too. That would probably be a little more safer. Yeah, but that's also that. I mean, it it like you can't breathe when you're yeah, transporting that's a true. key. But you're not losing limbs. That's true. Okay, that's not that is true. Anyway, so anyway. how was the beach? 
But the problem with poor keys is that someone can manipulate them, and then you can end up in a cemetery, and then Voldemort Ooh, comes back. Very true. So you gotta be very careful. true. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for the nerding out on Harry Potter there, really quick. <laughs> it was so, so it, legit that 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 exchange. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the Harry uh, so Harry Potter. I went to Cannon Beach. <laughs> Uh, Friday morning through uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, and then came back, and then my sister and I were like, well, "Let's go on a let's go on a hike." Because uh-huh. uh, I had taken Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then I had sun- I took Friday, Saturday off. Sunday, Monday are my normal days off, right. so I had a nice four day oh, weekend. Dang. So then Monday, uh, my sister and I just um, threw every- threw the dogs, uh, Tucker and Bo, into the car, and her and I went drove up to Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, we're- we were going to do the hike that I had done a couple about a month ago. Uh, up Zigzag Mountain, which oh, yeah, is yeah, about yeah. a ten mile uh, round trip hike um, in the Mount Hood National Forest, and it's a peak that gets right up next to the peak of Mount Hood. Like it's it's a it's a tough hike. It's it's a it's really steep, um, but it's a lot of fun, and the view at the end is is worth it. But when we got there, we got to the the end. So you go up Lola Pass Road, just right out of Rhododendron, yeah, and. You ha- you cross the Sandy River. There's a the Sandy River comes down. You have to cross a bridge to get into like the park area where okay. there's like a bunch of different campsites, and that's where all the trailheads start. And we go to cross the Sandy River, and I had checked the National Forest Service website, and all the trailheads were open. It, so I was like, okay, well, it shouldn't be a problem. The the fire dan- the fire danger is subsided. Well, we get up there, and the the gate to cross the Sandy River is closed and locked. Hmm. And it says open, but just no camping. So my guess is that they locked it to keep people from driving in and camping mm-hmm. to keep the fire because the you know we're still in a fire danger like this fire right. danger is still super high. So I, I get that, but that really sucks because it's probably five miles from that bridge <laughs> to just the trailhead Ooh. of where we wanted to go. Right. So we're like, well, um, let's just park and walk you went for it yeah oh wow but we ended up not going to what's the the burnt lake trailhead okay. because that would have been a really really long walk just to get to the trailhead and then another five miles from there up the trail, to, up right. the trail. and then it would have, so it would have been a total of 20 miles back and forth weren't doing that yeah um so we went up uh another one that was a lot closer and it follows the sandy river instead of lost creek and it was uh Rowena Falls Trail, uh, Rowena Falls Trail, which is only about three miles. So we got up there, and uh, if you follow me on Instagram, that's the picture of where you can see kind of Mount Hood in the background up a up a um, up the shot up 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 a kind of like a ravine, and there's water like a, it's the sand it's the upper sand very very upper part of Sandy River. And um, anyway, so that was a that was a gorgeous hike. It was a lot of fun uh, because the 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 gate was closed. There was nobody in there. It was basically just my sister and I and the dogs. Yeah. And there were some, we on our way back down, because we got up there really early. On our way back down, we did see some other people. But um, for the most part, it was it was, it was was gorgeous. It was a perfect day. It was only like a high of 68. You couldn't have asked for it. Dude, we need sunny. to link your your personal page more because <clears throat> well, that's one thing I have and I texted you about last night that I wanted to talk about is your photography is just like, just getting next level, dude. Well, thank you. That those nature shots are insane, insane. I'm just like, dude, keep going, dude. It's it's just it's so good. That the when the shot you're talking about, um, there was one recently with the what's it called the ball? Oh, the lens ball. The lens ball that have been just insane. Your star shots, it's just all good. 
Well, thank you. That's good stuff, man. I the, like it. The star shot was cool. I got that in the gorge the other night. Um, went up to this place called uh, Lemons Pass, uh, mm-hmm. Lemons Lemons Viewpoint, which mm-hmm. is up Joaquina Falls Trail. And uh, Kylie and I went up there with the dogs mm-hmm. about 7.30. And then we just hung out until it got dark. And because it's like in the gorge, mm-hmm. you know, the stars are just out like crazy. Yeah. And there's no light pollution. There's hardly any light pollution. That's so awesome. Um, and so that was like a 10-minute... So where the I was trying to get the star trails where like you can get the movement of the stars. Right. That was like a ten minute shutter. So I just like hit hit the shutter and just sat in the dark on this huge viewpoint overlooking the gorge mm-hmm. all for like That's an hour so and a half. Awesome. It was a great. It was it was a little sketchy going back down it because like it's it's like a switchback every probably forty feet just going up this like oh this wow super straight up and down wall. Yeah. Um. So walking back down that in the middle of the night was was a little sketchy, right. but. Uh, it was it was well worth it yeah. because it was it was really cool to get up there and, and and take that take that shot. So are you still doing your um, political photo? My chest yeah. stuff. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do the next one. Okay, which is like inst- with my chessboard. Uh, I want to do um, because I, the one I had was like the the king surrounded by the pawns. Right. Um, the king would have to trample um, a pawn to get mm-hmm. it to to like get out right so like that was like that was kind of me saying like power is is dried by the consent of the governed right and uh i want to do something about insta- um kind of institutional constraints on mm. on on the on those in power and because like you have like the the knight the rook and the bishop so those are like the institutions of religion military um mm. and like in like this and then like the state with the rook right so Look trying to you. trying to figure out how to how to arrange those pieces yeah and i want to do it with the both colors both black and white mm-hmm. surrounding a surrounding a oh, king oh i like that because it's by it's bipartisan oh or a polit or it's a the institution's supposed to be apolitical right so that's that's what i'm noodling on right yeah, now. yeah i like that that's super cool look at you thinking deep making art um speaking of art i've been buying uh new records you have been um, I've, I've noticed you uh you picked up a used yeah i had the newest used album <clears throat> on vinyl i had that so i got some gift cards from who got me gift cards oh jen's dad and stepmom and cj's uh mom and dad sent me a gift card for amazon so for my Amazon gift cards, I bought two vinyls. They were both used. They were the Imaginary Enemy album, mm-hmm. which is their political album. It's freaking amazing. One I can listen to all the way through. And then their newest album, which I, I really, really, really enjoy. Um, and the vinyl's all like splatter red in like different colors. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, and then I bought a Queen shirt. You did? Yeah. Okay. I bought the... It's the album cover for... Um, a night at the opera, which mm. is the vinyl that I have. Um, but also we went to this old record store, um, down by main street in oh, Vancouver. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, we bought an old, we bought the soundtrack to the sound of music mm. <laughs> on vinyl. We that's, bought that's Jen's, that's a Jen's, music, Jen's pick yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, I found it, but I was like, yo, check it out. She's like, no way. Uh, we got, um, bad company and Boston. You got you got a Boston. Yeah, I love Boston. Yeah, of course, dude. Had to get the Boston record, and then is that it? I think that's pretty much it. Um, so starting to build a collection a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have some in mind that I want. You know, I have, I, I don't know why I like getting newer stuff on vinyl, like the used. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I was going to buy a Blink album on vinyl, but the, it's just like I have their live, one of their live albums on vinyl, and it's just like, I don't know what it is. It's just like, it's like punk rock, like Blink-182 on vinyl. It's just not, eh, who cares? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But the used, they do so much in the background and with different ambient sounds. It's like, I kind of want to hear that mm-hmm. on vinyl. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Been uh, trying to build that up a little bit. Um, How's school going? <laughs> Why would you ask me that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Dude. This is like the only time that you and I get this chance to sit down during the yeah, week last, chat. Dude, I had an assignment due. Um, uh, so I'm doing, um, what is it? Uh, creative media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's mostly focused on like PR sure. and and marketing kind of. So what I've chosen to do is focus on say what you mean. Mm. And so I did like, um, I did a whole, uh, like PR announcement for say what you mean. And I had to write a blog, um, a blog post or like, as if it would be something that would be shared in a newspaper. Sure. And it is, I kind of want to read you a little excerpt from it. Okay. Cause, um, it's, it's about the, it's about this show and, and it's kind of, you know, who cares? Like if I'm, if I'm going to tell a a newspaper or a local institution or, or organization about say what you mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the point is, is like, who cares? Like why, why would they care about what, what the product is or what I'm trying to tell them about. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went off the fact that like, Hey, we just celebrated our, 100th episode and like you know what am i selling we're selling you know civil discourse we're t- we're selling um uh you know thinking critically like especially in a climate where it's not really done too much mm-hmm. um so i mean those are the selling points right um let me see assignments i don't have it just oh i guess i do have it saved here <laughs> what am i doing dude <laughs> okay so this is the the pr for say what you mean but this is the article um I've written, I sent you some uh, part of an article that I wrote for this class before, but the article's titled, Two Friends in Vancouver, Washington Say What They Mean. Local Say What You Mean podcast is a refreshing, entertaining, and informative show that reminds us that politics can be unifying, impactful, and most importantly, civil. Damn, dude. Mm -hmm. In August of 2020, Say What You Mean podcast celebrated their 100th consecutive episode. After two years of many last year's debates, guests, and and a growing participatory audience, Jake Jokum and Jeff Lopez reached a milestone they only dreamed of over club sandwiches at Washington State University, (laughs) Vancouver campus. I love that. Um, Okay, so I'll just skip some. But after 100 episodes, both Jake and Jeff are nostalgic and proud of the road it took to get to episode one and their intentions behind um, starting their weekly podcast. Their story began in an introductory U.S. history course at Washington State University, Vancouver. Because it was a lower introductory course, the class was filled with students who majored in various disciplines. However, unbeknownst to either Jake or Jeff, these two future podcast hosts were sitting next to a fellow history major who who also had a passion for education, discourse, and sports. After a few weeks, the two of them began noticing that they had other similar courses that were more specific to history majors. More specifically, the two began discussing their similar struggles in juggling coursework, jobs, and a social life. Ultimately, Jake invited Jeff to a study group for one of their other courses prior to a big test. This was either to add another head to the think tank or to have another 
friend to wallow in despair. Either way. More the second one. Yeah. <laughs> from the beginning, uh, from these beginnings, blossomed a friendship in the first semester together at WSUV that would flourish into a relationship that mirrored brotherhood. Hmm. I Boom. Love I love that, dude. That's really, really good. That's only half of it. But anyways, I just go on about how, you know, we started in the cafeteria and, you know, you know where we came from and why these mm-hmm. it developed into this show um but that dude i'm cr- i'm writing this as fast as i can because it's 11:30 it was dude, like 11:59 <laughs> yeah nice typical uh, yeah i oh, i i miss but don't miss that life dude my wife was like why 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 did you wait till today? It's and just, I, was, I you just can't explain it. It's just can't. the way that it is. It is. And it's like, look, dude, it won't get done if I don't wait until right now. Yep. Exactly. Like you can, I, I have the same thing. Like I can sit there and if I give my, I will waste, if I have six hours to waste, I will waste it just like not being distracted. But it's something about being up against a deadline yeah. that actually forces you to actually like focus. And when you can actually sit and focus on something, you can get it done in like a half hour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I did it, and you know I'm sitting there, and you know my parents were coming over, so I'm trying to get it done before they come over. Mm-hmm. And my sister brought over my grandma before my parents got here, and I'm like sitting there, type away, and like Jen's like, "Yeah, Jeff's working on homework," and um, I'm like, "Yeah, it's due at midnight. I'll get an A," and I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if I'm going to get an A because this was kind of a difficult. You know, I have to lay out the whole PR plan mm. on a sheet, um, and I had I had done most of that before. 11 o'clock and then once 11 o'clock it was me just writing this article yeah, sure um that's the thing is like if you do it doesn't look like you're doing anything until the last second but if you if you long as long as you do all of the legwork right all of the the re if you've done the research the reading you, yes. you've organized your notes you've done all of that you can cr- you can get something like that done in the 11th hour yeah it's just you have to make sure you've done that legwork oh which, yeah to the outside observer doesn't look like you've done anything right but you have. You have to do that stuff, though. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit down at 11 and be like, okay, now it's time for the research yeah. and the outline and the paper. Mm-hmm. No way. Never going to happen. No. Other than that, school's going well. Good. Um, deadline after deadline after deadline. It's so fun. And I you were such a good writer. Like That whole bit that you just read was really good. Thank you. So. It's, it's that style of writing that I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had to change the way that I, had, I wrote... wrote for history mm-hmm. it was that was the most difficult thing for me and like even when i was switching from english to history that's one thing i talked to uh donna about was you know am i going to be able to to flip that way of thinking but also flip that way of writing and that's she's the whole reason that i like jumped in she was mm-hmm. like dude you got this like you can handle it mm-hmm. you're doing great in this class it's just it just takes a little bit of training to think differently and now it's such it's I'm very I am very stoked that I have the ability to think critically, you know, as an English mm-hmm. major, previous English major, but also look at it from a historian's kind of point yeah. of view um, and also write that way. But yeah, it is. It, it's it is weird. Like those who haven't done it, it, it's it is to write in like be able to write in an upper division course in different disciplines 
really does take a different mindset. And then how you Dude. come to different information, like how you come to different conclusions yeah. through the lens in which you're writing in like that in itself takes training and it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes like a, a cognitive, it, it takes a cognitive effort to be able to switch. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. it does. Like, yeah. When I'm writing political science yes. or I'm writing history, like yeah. I have to think, I have to stop myself and be like, okay, no, what lens am yes. I, what lens in, in which I'm looking at with this data and what kind of conclusions am I coming to mm-hmm. based on the discipline in which I'm trying to make the argument in. And like that stuff, like the stuff that school teaches you that I don't think you'd get training in anywhere. Like, I, I, you yeah. really wouldn't get training in That's anywhere else. That's a great else. point. So, I mean, I, th- I think in that, like a bachelor's degree in whatever discipline you get, like obviously it's, it is what it is, but there is certain things that you do get that are almost intangible that you pick up that I think are worth it. Yeah. Which is why I'm always an advocate that I think school is good for everybody. It doesn't sure. matter who you are. School is, is good for everybody. That was, sorry. That was just a random. It's story. true. Just random. It's true. But it's true. Just a, something um, that when you were talking and it, it just got me. What thinking, a great so. point about the switch though. It's mm-hmm. like even like English and I have forgot, you know, I did take upper division English courses, mm-hmm. <clears throat> not because I had to, because I wanted to, yeah. Because my major didn't, or my minor didn't require me to take those upper divisions, yeah. Or it might have either way, but I was just constantly like, let's try the hardest classes. Mm-hmm. And so one semester, I'm taking all upper division English and all upper division history, and it's just like that switch. You have to be like, all right, no, now I'm like deconstructing the language and what is the history of the author, and mm-hmm. which does kind of translate to history sometimes. But when you're doing historiography, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is the historiography is writing about how a topic has been written about. Right. So I can imagine having some of that training uh, and being able to deconstruct language and like where the author themselves, like bringing in the author into how you look at written work would help you with writing historiography. This week for... I always found writing historiography to be insanely boring. I hated it. But then when you're actually writing your research paper and you have to break it down into different schools of thought, it ended up helping a ton. For sure. Because when you're you're talking about like history, right? And history is about um, writing down like processes, Mm -hmm. right? It's, 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 everything is a, is part of historical, historical process. And you have to like lay out how that, how, how X happened because of Y and Z. Right. So, um, over time, you're talking about the, the, the time aspect here. And then, um, one thing like I always, one thing that always got, I always helped me writing historiography was being like, okay, well, if it was written about from like this, it was this process where it could have been, it, it basically, it gave me insight into different avenues in which I could blend, um, work and kind of make it my own. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have right. like, um, this author was saying that the reason why Sikh military recruitment was a top down Imperial, mm-hmm. like part of the Imperial structure of mm-hmm. Great Britain, or it was this author's writing that it was, it was a ground up swell. It was mm-hmm. part of the Sikhs trying to figure out agency within the institutional right. structure right. of colonialism. But I'm like, okay, I know it's been written about like this, but what if it was both? Exactly. And then you can like intertwine. And both now of that's them. a new new analysis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's great. It's so dumb though. We love it. Mm-hmm. I miss it. I do too. I miss. I miss studying i miss studying history yeah a lot i know you're so good at it you're so good at it um 
another one thing that uh, my assignment for my other class, like this week, we're looking. So the other class is persuasion for professionals, and we're looking at um, uh, metaphors. And you know, as a writer, as somebody who wrote music and lyrics, metaphors is huge. And the assignment, I think, is literally like. <laughs> I gotta pull it up, dude. It's so good. And I think it's a, uh, it's an analyzing uh, Toby Keith's "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue." <laughs> well, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's a discussion this week about breaking that song down in metaphors and like. Yeah, there are so many metaphors in that song. But the theoretical approach of metaphors and persuasion mm. from that song. So that's. So true. what about the part of where it says? I'll, I haven't we'll even listened to it yet. You haven't listened to it? No. Oh my god! I can't wait for you to listen to it. Okay. But can I be around you when you listen to it? Sure. Or can you record your reaction? I need to see your reaction <laughs> to this song. Okay. I'll record my reaction and then I'll post it. Also. Okay. Please, <laughs> please do this. Okay. I'll you do. have no idea how excited this is making me okay. because that song, dude, just picture 16 year old jake oh, driving no. around in his toy his little toyota four-cylinder blaring this song outside of high school thinking that i was the most american dude on the planet i mean you i was gonna are. go put my boot up my go put my boot up my ass of every terrorist and liberal out there because they were one and the same yes <laughs> <laughs> they still are. They still are. Uh, okay, God. yeah, I, I'll do I that. can't. The the putting a boot up someone's ass is a refer is a reference to a lyric in that song. So, oh, yeah, interesting. Anyway, okay, okay. Yeah, you have to listen to it. It is it is something. Um. Okay. So one thing that I wanted to talk to you about was so I wanted I wanted you to game Friday, but like you just said, you were at the coast, mm-hmm. and um, which is great. Jealous. I want to go to the beach. Bad. I could um, tell by your uh, your your song choice <laughs> for this week. Yeah, uh, we're bringing we're bringing back. They said, uh, it, best. They said it best for this week. Um, but uh, so we're playing this game, and every, we'd kind of been talking about it in the chat. Uh, and did you did you hear about what the game was about at all? Uh, I so I didn't know what it was about from you guys. Yeah, I was, but Carter was telling me about it yesterday. Okay, why? Just randomly telling you? He just brought it up. He's like, oh. have you heard of this game? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hear. I was like, I see the guys in this gamer chat that I'm in with Jeff and his like and his friends talking about it nonstop. Yeah. And I go, I don't know what it is. I just kind of ignore those messages. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, it's called Among Us. And I'm sure there are f- a few listeners who know what we're talking about. But, you know, every week we play Call of Duty or, mm-hmm. or shooters, right? Yeah. Shoot em ups. Like, we're always playing those same type of games. And... You know, Jesse and um, Austin, they were just like, hey, let's try Among Us. And at first, I'm not interested because it's on your phone or it's on your PC. And I'm like, you know, I'm such a console guy. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm never going to do that. But Friday night, we were like, all right, let's do it. Now, Friday night was rough because nobody understood what the game was because we hadn't played it. Being almost a week out and playing it almost every day. I'm obsessed. So the game Among Us, um, for you listeners who don't know and, and probably don't care, but it's still, I want to explain it. <laughs> okay. Because we're talking about shoot 'em ups, like bang, bang, like, oh, you're dead. Okay, capture the point. Oh, you're dead. Like over and over and over every week. That's all mm-hmm. we play. Well, this game is you're, there's 10 people. You're all in a ship. You could have different amounts of imposters, but usually one or two. And as you're all in the ship, 
You cannot talk during the game. You're running around the ship and you're fixing things. You're doing tasks. And at the same time, the saboteur or the imposter is running around pretending to do ca- uh, tasks while waiting for the opportunity to kill someone and then run off and hide and act like they're doing more tasks until somebody discovers the body. Once a body's discovered, it calls an emergency meeting and everybody in a chat discusses where they were, where the body was found, and if they saw anything so that you can now kind of deduce information mm. to find out who the imposter is. This game this game does sound fun. Jake, it's so fun. And so with the gamers, on the game you're usually just text chatting. Mm-hmm. And you're like you can't talk but then it brings you into a text chat and you're like, "Yo, I saw Red and he was just leaving that area." And everyone's like, "Well, that I don't have enough information cuz Red had the opportunity to kill me. It didn't." So then you're just using all this information amongst each other. But the imposter might be one in the chat lying about mm-hmm. what they were actually doing. So then you skip and then you wait and then you play around and then you see another dead body and then you all come together and you're like, okay, dude, this time this guy was with me the whole time. I know it wasn't him. And then you're just, you're using all this information. Then you get to vote every round on who you want to, 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 to vote as the imposter. The problem is if you vote the wrong person, they are now booted. If you're dead or you've been voted out, you Mm -hmm. cannot participate in the chat at, at that point. So... You just have to sit there and watch everybody try to figure out who it is, and you know who it is now that you're dead. Mm. Dude, it's so much fun, and it's such just a change-up. Who is... Who's the best out of all the gamers? Uh, it's it's not really it's not really a best thing. It's a, it's a, a matter of getting away with it. Okay, but who's best at getting away with it? it okay, so here's the issue. When you're typing and when you're playing and mm-hmm. you're typing, um, you can't really get inflection right you can't really tell people so you know i've been playing a bunch with matt and his um his fiance and matt's like dude my fiance is getting pissed at you because you always say that she's suspect that's why i always say sus sus people are saying that um i'm like sus blue sus blue because she's always blue and he's like dude she's getting pissed at you you keep saying she's suspect i'm like well she's always suspect dude um i wouldn't i don't know i don't really say there's anyone who's better at it okay because it's just a matter of like because you could be an imposter and still lose the round because that we figure mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. so does that make you good at it no but there's a rounds where you're an imposter and you win because you've killed everybody so it's just it, it i don't know it's super fun but when playing with the guys on friday night and we're all using voice chat instead of the game chat we're all in a private party we're all playing and we're all muting ourselves on our headphones while we play and then when we get called to the meeting we all turn our mics back on and we talk about it mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, I'm friends with all of you. So one guy was the imposter and he's like, yeah, I was uh, doing this. I said, you're lying. What? I go, you're lying, dude. I know you. You're lying. How do you know? I can tell by your voice you're lying. Everybody vote him. And then we did. And it was him. (laughs) Just because of the tone of voice. tone of voice. I could tell. I was going to say like that. Um, Yeah. It changes it a mm-hmm. little bit, but that's why the chatting is kind of fun. But chatting is hard on the phone, so that's why I've been playing on my laptop. Okay, it's just super quick. But, anyways, I don't know if you're interested in playing Among Us. Like, hit me up on say what you mean Instagram. Like, it's so fun. I'm such a nerd about it, Jake. If you're around Friday, you gotta try to play with it. I play with be. us. I don't Ho- think. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. Hopefully, the gamers are down to play it again. You know, the older guys like Jason was like, "This is boring. I'm gonna play shoot 'em up." It's like, dude. Get out of here then. It's just a nice change of pace. Yeah, I've been, pl- I've been playing. Sorry to cut you off. No, no worries. I've been playing a ton of Warzone solos. Oh, 
Okay. And it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm trying to get better because I suck at Warzone. Like, Dude, it's hard. I am awful at yeah. it. Like, just insanely awful at it and i always feel bad because i get into games with like matt yeah and like and then jesse uh geezy yeah. is really is pretty good yeah and like you know what you're doing yeah. and carter knows what he's doing and i'm just like a fucking idiot right like i don't know i don't know the map i don't know like i didn't even know up until yesterday i didn't know how to ping stuff oh wow like, so i'm like because i was just getting carried by you guys i'm like all right we'll run this way and then we'll run this way and then we all get gunned down and i'm like oh shit we lost and i'm like oh well i, I guess okay <laughs> <laughs> i was funny. just terrible at it and so i've been trying to figure it out so i can actually be somewhat decent contribute but i am just i'm terrible at getting kills in that game hmm. because like yeah, it's hard it you don't know when to shoot like, like, because like if I shoot, right. And I break, like I'm break the dude's armor yeah, and then he like hides and then somehow I always end up just dying yeah. faster because all of a sudden the guy's like By the same guy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I suck at it yeah. unless I get like completely dropped. Like I get the complete drop on somebody mm -hmm. like I'm then I, I lose. <laughs> like I don't. I love I, that you're playing solo. <laughs> it's hard. Solo is hard. I had everything. I was so mad at myself. I had everything set up. And I was down to the final 10. Oh, and wow. I was in the, um, cause solos, I figure out how to stay alive just long enough. Like I'll okay. get one or two kills, but then I, st I always stay alive to like the bottom fifth, final 15. Right. And I'm set up perfectly. Right. I had, t I figured out where the, the, the final circle was kind of, kind of be, I was set up in the high ground. I had good guns. Ooh. I was sitting in like these bushes. I'd already taken out two dudes mm -hmm. and this, the only way that someone could have gotten behind me was the way this guy did. And he must have crawled all the way. And then he ends up crawling just behind me and shoots me and take, basically takes my spot. And then he ended up winning. Oh, which sucked. And he had all your gear. He had all my gear. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. So. That's infuriating, yeah. dude. Um, anyway, so play Among Us with the, if okay. you can this yeah. weekend or at some point this weekend because mm -hmm. it's, like I said, Sunday. Don't even get me started on Sunday. I'll have to tell you about that per off air because it has stuff to do with uh, things that you know I'm I got going on. Okay. Um, but Sunday I was just waiting around all day long and not doing my homework. And so Matt and I were we played for like two hours, like just on Among Us. Yeah. Yeah. With his with his fiance and her sister and him, and then we had a bunch of randoms playing with us. Okay. It's fun, man. It's it's just it's just a nice change of pace. It's relaxing. It's like you got to, I don't know. You got to figure it out. Who mm -hmm. done it? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. It's cool. <clears throat> anyway, switching gears, uh, debate, the debates. Yeah. So I'm interested to see you, you watched it, obviously. Yes. So I was, I'm interested to see what your reaction was. Cause I think you and I had different, cause it sounded like just like yeah. looking at your voice yeah. that you had a different reaction yeah. than I did. So I'm, I'm okay. So I missed like the last 10 minutes because a Trump supporter came into my office and was just like trying to convince me that Mike was, annihilating her in no way shape or form did that happen yeah. but okay he did land one really good punch one what, really what good it? punch it was about the uh, usmca and nafta i was kind of i didn't really hear too much about that um because that's when they were all coming into my office yeah, and talking. He, he attacked her voting record on it uh-huh um and what he said wasn't necessarily true okay but the way he said it and then her she didn't have a comeback. Mm -hmm. It it landed. Unless you really know the ins and outs of trade. Yeah, there was he, quite a lot he, of discussion he, about trade. He landed. He landed what would 
be for most people a really solid punch. Yeah. And even for me, who I was like, well, I know, I know what he's saying isn't yeah. this isn't like getting into the weeds of it, like the nuances. It it really it's, it's it was an unfair criticism. Mm-hmm. He still landed a good punch on her. Right. Like, he landed a good punch, and and that was like the only time I thought that he did. Mm-hmm. She she whiffed. I thought she whiffed on a lot of opportunities to take him down. This whole narrative that she was a she's like this prosecutor. Mm-hmm. I thought was really like undercut last night. I just don't think she did a good. I don't really think she did a good job. Give me an example of like where you thought she whiffed it. Uh, when she was talking about one, and I know I'm going to sound like a like I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, well, not an idiot, but I'm going to sound like such a wonk. Okay. When they got into mm-hmm. a little bit of foreign policy. Mm-hmm clearly weak there okay i was thinking um, you, i was like a lot throughout the debate i'm like oh i wonder what jake's thinking during trade and during international or international policy mm-hmm. and, and she politics. didn't really because they didn't really talk about it they just kind of they kind of just touched on it right but there was times when um there was a specific moment when he and inter- he interrupted her yeah and then she's like i'm talking mm-hmm. and then he like pauses for a second and she like takes she she did a good job of getting her time back yeah but then just stops and kind of like smiles at him which opened the door for him to then just talk again which he did right like there wasn't i don't know she i don't know i I just felt there was multiple times throughout it where she um she didn't answer the question she didn't she dodged questions you felt a lot okay and then there was especially the question about um packing the Supreme Court. Okay. She was asked twice by the moderator and by Pence to say, are you going to, are you going to pack the court? And mm-hmm. both times she would not, she just dodged. And what they were discussing was just adding more seats, adding more seats. Yeah. Okay. I thought Which so. is packing the court. Right. Because it's, you're going to be putting liberal justices on that right. court. If they win, if the, they win the, right. the, the election. And I mean, that takes an act of act of Congress. Biden can't right. just do that, right? It, it would have to be an act of Congress. Even if that's the response. That's why I don't understand why she didn't say that. Yeah. Saying, like, it's ultimately up to the Senate to yeah. decide if they're going to expand the Supreme Court. Right. Now, Biden could say that he supports adding seats. Right. But ultimately, it's going to be up to the Senate. Mm-hmm. And that's where she should That's where she should have left it, right. right? And then anybody who understands this, the makeup of the Senate right now, at best, the Democrats would be looking at a 51-49 yeah. split yeah. on the Senate. Yeah. That's going to be really hard to expand the Supreme Court with that narrow of a margin. You'd have to have every single Democrat basically vote with the intention with to add a left leaning justice. Mm-hmm. No way. Which would be incredibly yeah. unpopular, especially for Senate for right. Democratic senators in battleground states. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be senators up for reelection in two years. Right. Right. So if you're trying, it, it, there's a lot of politics with that. Yes, and I don't know why she didn't. And she's she's on this. She's on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Yeah, she's incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. You can just you can see her. And Kylie pointed this out last night when mm-hmm. we were watching the debate. She's like, you can you can when Pence would say something, she would like instantly. You could tell like you can just see it on her face, like all the different comebacks and all the oh, different yeah. information just yes. running through her brain. She's sharp. She's yeah. quick. She's basically she's very very good. There there were moments where he was talking and you look at her and she's like you're talking about. She just she looks at while he's talking. She has this look like got him. 
Mm-hmm. Like she knows exa- waiting for him to say something so that she can go. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Like that's where we're going. Yeah. But there was a, there was a moment about, um, God, I wish I'd written it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just thought that her, there was just things I thought there was, there was things where I was, I was watching it last night. Yeah. I was like, she, she missed, she missed an opportunity there. She missed an opportunity there. Um, but ultimately the vice presidential debate is inconsequential because most of the time that these people don't have any, don't have much vice presidents historically don't have much influence on policy. Right. So you're, you're basically having a debate about people talking about the people that they're running with. Right. Right. I mean, you can take, take with that what you will, but there was one thing that was really illuminating to Mm -hmm. me. And I said this last night to Kylie is that I've kind of, I think we've talked about this is that I think Kamala Harris, when when the announcement, we we talked about this on the episode when, when Biden announced Senator Harris as his running mate, right. Is that I think that Biden is going to be so focused on foreign policy that he is going to seed a lot of his, the formation of his domestic policy, especially as it relates to criminal justice to, to Senator Harris. Right. So I think she's going to have a major influence on policy, especially domestic policy. Mm-hmm. And that came, became clear last night because there was a moment, and it was only like a little like 10-second blurb. Mm-hmm. At the end of a question, she just starts throwing in stuff I've never heard Biden say himself, mm-hmm. which is really unprecedented for vice presidential debate because mostly it's like stay on yes. message with what the candidate, with what the headliner of the, of the ticket is saying. Mm-hmm. But she talked about prison, like doing away with abolishing private prisons. Right. Yes. decriminalizing marijuana mm-hmm. and then um and then basically pardoning anybody who has been whose only offense is mar- is mm-hmm. marijuana mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. i have not heard biden say anywhere any yeah. say any of that stuff if that's the case she's not getting the green light to say that in a vice presidential debate without that already being prior talked about oh for sure with the candidate right so her throwing that out there mm-hmm. is something that They've talked about, but mm-hmm. Biden hasn't stated publicly, which makes me think it's just me thinking. Right. I don't know, have anything to back this up is that she's already formulating domestic, domestic policy yeah. separate from, you know, deeper than what Biden right. is, is, is planning, which makes me think that Biden is basically ceding that right. part of his, his, his administration to Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he'll have final say, right. but he's allowing her to formulate policy, right. which is, I think, good. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I think too. the more voices, the better, especially yeah. somebody who has expertise in that field. She mm-hmm. was a former prosecutor. Right. She knows that. She knows that area. Mm-hmm. She knows where the. She knows the intricacies of it. Anyway, what do you think of? Um, so, on the flip side, there was a moment when they're talking about international policy, and you and I have talked about how that'll. As much as the domestic stuff might be uh, Senator Harris's focus, mm-hmm. the international stuff will be Vice President Biden's yeah. focus. Mm-hmm. And she talks about this conversation because they're having conversations mm-hmm. about Joe simplifying the international relations to just relationships. Mm-hmm. I loved that. That was the best response she could have had for yeah. someone who doesn't understand, right. who clearly doesn't understand the intricacies of international politics. Right. Which became clear because she was like, you know, we're backing out of all these deals and like NATO. And then she's like, NATO with the um, the Iran nuclear deal. And like mm-hmm. those two things have nothing to do with each other. NATO had nothing to do with the Iran <laughs> nuclear deal. Like that was completely 
That was completely right. that was a completely separate agreement that has nothing to do with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Anyway, but yes, I do love it because the all of the the diplomats that I have talked to, mm-hmm. um, I've taken I've had them in I've I've taken classes with with current State Department diplomats. I've I've talked to them uh, on the phone. I've even taken a class with a chief negotiator with the State Department, mm-hmm. and they've all basically said the same thing. It's about at the end of the day. Dip- diplomacy is about relationships right, right and biden is very very good yeah at creating those relationships right so at the base level yes i, mm-hmm. I love that 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 was a great response mm-hmm. by her um for especially for some like a vice president like a vice president who's going to have basically nothing to do with that realm right it's going to be biden and susan rice right like that's what that's who's going to be the for at the forefront of mm-hmm. of uh, of a uh, biden administration's foreign policy like right. the face face of america abroad will be biden and susan rice mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah i i i liked the debate i you take it take it with it what it was I right. mean, in my opinion i think i think i feel like it was far more important than maybe you're saying it is okay why do you think that i don't know like with um pence and uh what was his name hillary's Oh, uh, you're Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine. I was thinking Tom. Uh, I, I feel like nobody cared about that because the the big show was Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. and Donald Trump, right? Yeah. But I don't know, man. They kind of alluded to the fact that these old dudes might die. <laughs> that was the other thing. I thought the moderator was crap last night. Did you? Yeah. Why? She let she let Pence bully her. Um, you think? Mm-hmm. I felt like she kept shutting Pence up. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like she, she, she kept gave, cutting him she off. She let Pence have the last word on oh. basically every single moment. And then when she would ask him a question, and then when she would shut him up, right? There was one time where she did shut him up, and this was about uh, packing the court. Yes. She shut him up because he wouldn't stop. Right. And then he, she asks him a question on a different topic, and then he goes, I'll answer your question, but first I'm going to take the first part of my allotted time to talk about... He did that a bunch. Pr- the, the past topic. Yeah. He even said said that. Yeah. That's when she should have interjected and been like, no, we're on to a different topic. Oh, uh, I get what you're saying. So she can, even when she tried to keep him from having the last word. Yeah. He still manipulated the system. He still manipulated the rules uh. to have the last word. Yeah. Which you can say he's a skilled, de- he's a, right. he's skilled at the debate. Right. Whatever. He, Everybody manipulates the rules. The, right. all, all, we've talked about that politics is a pickup game of basketball. Right. And because there are there's all these unwritten rules, people do. There are people who will manipulate them slightly to mm-hmm. benefit themselves. It, it wasn't egregious, but right. it was annoying. And I thought that the I thought the one the questions weren't great. You were leading the first, two of the first three questions were about the age. Yeah. Or uh, about the age yeah. of, of your candidates? I think that's a concern. I know that's a concern. Because people say a vote for Biden is a vote for Kamala Harris. I don't believe that. I don't either, but people say that. Do they? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. That's all I ever hear. Really? Oh, yeah. When I talk to people, that's what they say. You mean President Harris? Well, I... Okay. I I, I guess you're, if you're seeing it, then then I guess it's a I thing, mean, it's, but... It's, anecdotal but yeah it's something i hear okay i i just hadn't heard that so I, that's i'm oh, not s- i think that's a big okay big concern all right i mean <sighs> then and then 
going off of that, then yeah. okay, then fine. The vice presidential debate was a lot bigger then yeah. than what I'm making it out to be, just because I haven't. It, because I just think it's inconsequential because it's vice presidents. I'm I'm just going off of like vice presidents historically are figureheads, right? And they're people that are attached to the ticket to try to get votes in a key swing state. Okay. Um. But if people out there really do believe that a vote for Biden is a vote for Harris, potentially as president, um, then, yeah, I guess last night was was bigger for a lot of viewers, more people viewing it bigger than I was viewing it anyway. So, well, and that makes me more interested in like if she's the domestic policy president, Mm -hmm. then. If you're if you're if you're if you're concerned that she could one day possibly replace Biden in the unfortunate event that he passes, hearing her talk about domestic issues might be reassuring to American voters. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Sure. Okay. Yeah, no, I get it. And I thought that she um I thought she did well in that regard guard mm-hmm. um she definitely tried to come across i don't know what her she just kept repeating there's clearly a different right right there's clearly a difference between her and biden on a lot of things okay it, especially it relates to health care She's, I mean, she was one of the first, can- and we talked about this when the, like, one of the thought that, one of the places where I thought that the Trump administration was going to try to hit Kamala Harris right. on was that she was the first candidate to uh, announce a plan that wasn't Bernie Sanders to abolish private insurance. Right. Biden was clearly against that and is still clearly against that. Right. And Pence tried to <laughs> tie that last tried to bring that up last night right and i thought senator harris did a pretty good job of basically saying look like this is this is biden is the ticket yeah this is what biden wants right this is what biden is saying does that then going off of if people if you're if you're a viewer Mm -hmm. who views kamala harris as a potential listening to her as if she could potentially be the president Mm -hmm. D- does and I, I'm guessing that you kind of I, do you believe that at all or that she could be? Yeah, I mean, come on, dude, they're both so old. There's a real possibility that Mike and Kamala could both be president. Okay, all right. So hypothetically, Kay. let's just just for conversation sakes, right? Um, was there anything then, especially on healthcare or whatever that? Uh, maybe concerned you about concerned what me. about what what Kamala or made you hopeful that Kamala is different enough than Biden on that would actually make you support Kamala over Honestly, Biden or view how would you view a Kamala Harris presidency? So what worries me is the the these far left ideas of like the New Green Deal and free college for everybody and not that I'm not for. Obviously, I've said this a billion times. Some of my biggest concerns are the environmental concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, as a student and as an advocate for education, that is a concern for me. But it's it's the logistics of doing all of that that scares me. Mm-hmm. How do we get that done? And I know for Trump supporters, you know, they argue that you know you're just going to tax us to save the environment, and it's like. 
Well, no, that's not exactly what they're saying. But what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if she right now is saying like, hey, Biden's a ticket and we're just, you know, she is changing her tone from when she was a presidential candidate to a vice presidential candidate, which is a little concerning. Mm-hmm. I think it's the logistics of, of what that looks like. Also, if a president passes and now you're the president because of that, what does that transition look like? And now are you president Harris or President Harris in an Biden administration? I don't know. That's a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great question. I don't know specifically last night, but like I said, the education and the environment stuff. Logistically, what do we do? Mm-hmm. I like Biden. I like Biden's pushback on the extreme left or what's viewed as extreme left stuff, like um, like the New Green Deal and all this and and taxing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's saying I'm not taxing anyone under four hundred thousand dollars a year and. I don't know how many times she had to repeat that last night. He even tweeted it like, I'm not raising taxes on you people. Um, but I don't know. I think that's a good question. That's a, that's a good When well, You brought up the, the $400,000 and Pence tried saying, well, here's why. Here's Okay, this that is actually, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. That was one of the opportunities I thought she missed. It was that it's, the, it's, it's Biden's like um, policy or right. Biden's like plan to not raise t- to abolish he's going to ab- abolish a trump tax code yeah which biden can't do that that has to be an act of congress right right that's an act of the senate to abolish it and then repass something new that would have to go through the legislative process of the house and the senate like it's going to take like a lot of a nego- process a lot of negotiating yeah. right it's not just something biden just can't come in and sign and, and abolish yeah the tax code like that was that was a, that was a bad point by harris is saying look Biden is going to abolish it. Well, Biden can't abolish it. Right. He can try to, he can say like, this is what I want to see happen and then work with the co-equal branch of the legislature to uh, to make that happen. But right. there's going to be some give and take there, right? Especially when, if Bernie Sanders is going to be on the on the Commerce Committee, right. um, which is what he says he plans to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. The um, Anyway, so... My my point my point being is that they brought so they brought up that Pence tried saying well if you're going to abolish the the Trump tax the Trump tax code mm-hmm. then you're going to be and he tried to then insinuate a correlate a yes. well then you're going to be raising taxes yes well no that that's not necessarily true because you can replace it with a tax you can replace the Trump tax code with a tax code that doesn't raise taxes on people making less than 400,000 a year. Yeah. I don't know why Harrison point that out. I, she just let she just seated the flu, she just let that let that roll. Yeah. She could have said like, well, both can be true. Yeah. We can appeal it. We can repeal it. Yeah. And pass a tax code that doesn't raise taxes. Yeah. It doesn't one doesn't have to equal the other. Abolishing Trump's tax plan doesn't necessarily raise taxes on people making less than $400,000. And right. she just let she just she didn't press that point. Yeah. And I don't know why she didn't do it. He kept bringing up this stat that the average American home was getting $2,000, an average of $2,000 in either tax write-off or tax return. And I'm like, anecdotally, like that is not what I feel most Americans, I think most people are pissed at like the way that their taxes worked out this, this last year, especially. Because most people, most, so... The 
the way that the taxes worked with a tax or a bigger tax return yeah. was essentially a government savings, like a government savings account mm-hmm. for most Americans. Right. Because most Americans aren't good at saving money. Right. So what ultimately all, all of those withholdings, right? Yeah. And then they get this lump sum mm-hmm. in, in April. Mm-hmm. It was basically like a savings plan for the American people who are shitty at saving their own money. Right. What the Trump tax code did was because there was less federal withholdings, you were getting more money every week. every every paycheck. Every paycheck, right? So, but then when it came time to get oh. what you normally would think would be in your savings account, right, it wasn't there, right? Because That's you were just because I don't think people had made that mental switch yet. Yeah. Of I'm getting I need to then take upon myself to save to more save, money because you're getting more be, now because you're getting more now because, and I'm not going to be getting more of that lump sum at at the end of this. Right. So that's I think that's where the the dissatisfaction came from. For me personally, we spent so much money out of pocket for Jen's healthcare and disease mm-hmm. that he lo- he raised the minimum so that we got no- nearly nothing back. Right. When under the previous tax code, because we spent so much money, it was a lot, dude, mm-hmm. out of pocket for her medical expenses on her surgeries and all that, that we would have done, we would have got a lot back because of a medical tax code. But because he changed it and mm-hmm. raised the minimum, we got hosed. Gotcha. Okay. And if that's just us, how many others are having to deal with that? Mm-hmm. Again, anecdotal, but that's something, it's a perspective that I've gained, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think about, um, so I don't know. That's So when he's talking about this average, like, this average saving or benefit that the people got, I think you bring up an excellent point, but also to consider the medical refund, like, the, it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Final note before we get on to, they said it best. Okay. The fly. <laughs> What's so funny is that in 20... <laughs> so here's what I had to think of the fly. This is okay. the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Was that in 2016, it seemed like every market, every marketable moment mm-hmm. to where... Because Trump is the master at this, right? Giving somebody a nickname. Pocahontas. Yes. Yeah. Crooked Hillary. Sli- uh, Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Whatever. Right. All, and then there was always something that came out that was able... An image, right? That was able to fit that narrative that Trump is trying to spin about his, his political opponent. Yeah. And that worked beautifully for him. It just, all the breaks fell for him in 2016. They're working the opposite. I now, think so too. Right. The only thing that anybody really like the, probably the majority of Americans are going to remember, even people who didn't watch it. Yeah. The only, the only thing that they're going to remember is a fly on Mike Pence's head. Yeah. And all of the memes making fun of it. <laughs> like that's how, that is the image now of vice president Pence. Yeah. And by sub, by extension, the administration. Yes. All the jokes of like flies on shit, flies mm-hmm. love shit. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, just, oh, there was one one tweet I saw. I got to find it. I sent it to the, to the boys. But it's just the savagery and the guns blazing. Like that fly just started a fire. I know. I was going, I, I last night before going to bed, I scrolled back through the, the, the gamers chat uh-huh. which there was a after oh, me and yeah. matt had our like our powwow um <laughs> the you guys went back at it a little bit towards the end because i'm not night. wrong <laughs> i don't even know what you guys were saying i don't either 
that's why I just left. Oh, also, I have $60 on this next election, so don't let me lose that, Biden. Come on. <laughs> um, one tweet that I saw was like, that fly is Mike Pence's only black friend. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Oh, and then a fly, like an illustration with them holding a Biden-Harris <laughs> sign. And there was the, dude, my favorite one. And I cannot, dude, whoever is running the PR and campaign, like digital part of Biden's campaign is a genius. You think so? Dude, did you see the fly swatter? No, I didn't. Dude, they posted, it's on his Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think it's Instagram, a picture of Biden holding a fly swatter. And it says, pitch in $5 to help this campaign fly. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, But... As someone who is a constant recipient of Biden's yeah. media outreach, yes, that's not media. It's it's just constant it's text. So and okay, but also his, I get ads all the time on my social media scrolls yeah. of him, of the camp from the campaign and him the mask thing. He just can't, dude. He is beating that. He is riding that horse until it's dead. As far as wearing masks, yeah. Well, dude. Everyone in the administration is sick. I know, and it's it it works. But the have you seen the juxtaposed videos of Trump taking off the mask, uh, and then Biden putting it and on, and then Biden putting it on? Mm-hmm. Dude, they play Genius. that so Genius. much. I love it. Okay, you're the you're the you're the the strategic marketing major here, <laughs> getting your master's degree in communication. So I'm going to see that that's genius to you. I, I think but it's to great. me that just is like it's annoying. Why? I don't know. It's just kind of annoying. Because you're a rule follower. That's true. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I am a rule follower. Right. I am that. And, and one thing I want to say about the debate, you know, nobody's, nobody's changing their mind. The VP debate, nobody's changing. At this point, like people are pretty much locked it's done. in. And like Kamala said, or Senator Harris, people are already voting. Like it's happening. Uh, have you seen the, have you seen the, um, have you seen some of the, the polls lately? Mm-mm. They're, they're, they're good. They're good. They're good. Okay. They're good. Uh, Trevor Noah last night, moderator, sir. What is your name? Mike <laughs> Pence. Like, well, I saw this. First, I want to say that the American people are strong <laughs> because they are the American people. Dude, he this the stuff that he was saying. Like, Why? So that was that was. Oh, sorry, that was. I know we we we've said multiple times. Yeah. We have one last thing, but there was there is a lot to take from it. The him saying like what the American people are doing. Yeah. They're. Half of the states that are super supportive of the president aren't doing anything. No. So how can you say what they have done is strong right. because they haven't made any sacrifices? The the governor They're of Flo- not. the governor of Florida just announced that that all stadiums for sporting events in the state yes. can go to full capacity. Yeah, full capacity. Are you kidding me? That's not doing anything. The the sacrifices that the American people have made. Fifty percent of this country hasn't made a damn sacrifice. Right. I. Whatever. Um. Oh, uh, what was there was some. Sorry, there was one other thing. The cl- the pri- the climate Paris Accords. Joe Biden is selling a fly swatter on his website. Of course he is. It's sold out. Of course it. Okay. I. <laughs> dude, he is playing. Dude, he is playing Trump's game. It says truth over flies. Well done, Joe. Wow. Well, well, well done. Well done. So 
it, it, this remind uh, we I want to get back to what okay. you were just saying, but like this goes to the when they go low, they go high. Publicly, Biden is out there and he's doing the right thing. When dude, uh, it just does my heart so good when Trump announced that he was sick and Biden's like, "Look, I'm going to pull all of my attack ads." And mm-hmm. he did. Come on. That is that is next level like professionalism. Mm-hmm. But subtly, I'm going to sell fly swatters. <laughs> Dude, oh. did Pen- Pens looked kind of sick last night. Dude, he everybody's had, saying that. He had pink eye. That's what they said. And pink eye is a um is a is a coronavirus symptom. Is it? Yeah. Dude, he was trying not to put that plexiglass up. Dude, all your friends are sick. You're you're lucky to be here right now, dude. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is completely unrelated and probably a lot more boring. Okay. But the uh, he was talking about the climate, the Paris Climate Accords last night. Yeah. And he was saying that the 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 administration is going to follow science when it comes to climate change, but then attack terrorists for like if uh, that a Biden administration would put us back in the climate accords. Mm-hmm. But most science, like all climate change science scientists, yeah. are generally in favor of the Paris Climate Accords. Right. So how can you say you're going to listen to the scientists? But then they don't. But we know that they don't. It's yeah. just. But then trying to attack Harris on the on the yeah. Paris Climate Accords, which polls in the United States show is a is a really pop is is popular mm. in that the United States pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords was vastly unpopular. Right. That's not a winning platform if you're trying to. Basically, what it seemed like last night is that they know their last shot is to try to get every single one, everybody, every you have to get every single Trump supporter to turn out to vote. Yeah, like they're basically just doubling down on their That's small, shrinking minority to win them the electoral college. That's why I'm like, is he just throwing in the towel? Like, what are you Dude, doing? They're broke. Are they? they? I was reading last night um, that they pulled eight hundred. Their they pulled all of their ads out of Iowa. Like they're not, they they don't, they ran, they pulled an $800,000 like uh, media reserve Uh out of Iowa. There's going to be three straight weeks in Iowa that there will not be a single Trump campaign ad playing. Whoa. And Iowa is one of the last battleground states that Trump actually has a, like either is either even in or, or slightly ahead. Dude, they're broke. Whoa. He's being outspent in Pennsylvania by double. And if he loses, if, if if Biden wins Pennsylvania, it's over. Yeah, like he's won the electoral college. If he wins Pennsylvania, wow. Did you hear about the militia plotting against uh, the Michigan gov- Michigan governor? Uh, I just got a text message from about. I don't know nothing about it. Okay, six defendants have been charged in kidnapping scheme targeting Michigan Democrat who came under fire under President Trump. Um. So the FBI was monitoring their encrypted chatting. Um, with quotes like, oh gosh, where is it? Dude, they're, I mean, but Antifa is, uh, is the real threat. Yeah. And Trump doesn't incite violence at all. Like, just like, (sighs) he just seems tone deaf. You know what I mean? Like everything he's saying, he seems tone deaf, but everything he says just falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Like if, if I press, just think about this, any other president in the history of the country Mm -hmm. says that there is a legit fear that there is um rampant voter fraud going on right people would believe probably believe it and and uh and want further answers right but people are so used to this guy just lying 
that it doesn't people are just like writing it off like it's just not even true yeah that's crazy to me oh yeah oh yeah that's what i'm saying like a lot of things that he says are just like meh like in one ear out the other Mm -hmm. you know um anyways they were saying things like oh crap where did it go like they're gonna grab that bitch and like they need to do it to they're doing it to save the country and like it, it must be done. Um, just uh, it's, it's concerned group uh, concerned about the group's plan to kill and target police officers. Like, uh, what they were targeting? They yes. were targeting police officers. What's it say here? Um, the uh, so one of the members of the militia group was interviewed by the FBI and agreed to become an FBI informant because they were concerned about the group's plan to target and kill police officers. Wow. Yeah. They talked about murdering tyrants or taking a sitting governor, creating a society that followed the U.S. Bill of Rights and where they could be self-sufficient, discussing the violent overthrow of a certain government and law enforcement components. Basically, uh, an Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged, uh, Wet Dream is what that sounds like. Yeah. Anyways, we got to go to the next segment, the fun segment of... They said it best. So we are bringing. I I love this segment. I know uh, you they do. said it best, <laughs> and we did it for like four or five straight weeks, mm-hmm. and then we haven't done it in a while. Yeah, it just we needed a. I think it like it like all of our segments that we do. We it just needed a break, and then we come back to it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, because it's it's hard to find a song that perfectly fits how you're feeling every single week. For sure. Um. So, but I came across this song eh, about a week ago. And two weeks ago, maybe I don't know. I listened to it a lot, and it's just it. It's a, I I love it. It's uh, it's called Saturn by Sleeping at Last. Yeah, and, and this was on your list last week for one of your choices. Correct. Yeah, it was on. I forget which little blurb it. Uh, I forget which little blurb that it uh, or which number it was. Yeah. And anyway, but it's an amazing song. And this is a band that I just kind of came across on a Pandora playlist and it just really resonated with me. So I went and looked at the band and they are just very much into like cosmo, cosmo, like cos, I don't know, like astronomy, astronomy stuff. Like they have, (laughs) well, they have an album called astronomy and it's, they have a, each one of the songs is named after a planet. And this one, Saturn, which Saturn is like, kind of considered kind of like the jewel of our of our uh, solar system because mm-hmm. it's, it's such a beautiful planet with the rings and everything and uh i don't Have know you ever just seen saturn through a telescope did uh, you do that no I did didn't. you not go to the star nights Mm-mm. you buster dude i know i'm awful what i know i can't believe i didn't go you i always went had to, to wor- multiple i always had to work dude, i went to multiple really yeah yeah they always started at like seven and <sighs> i was Jay. and i was working it was during the fall too, so it it's the like best. I know those were amazing. I would I always wish I could. I saw like when you look at Saturn, like you can see its rings, and it just looked like a little like eyeball looking back at you. Really, it was amazing. That's Anyways, cool. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Saturn has been just you know Saturn and Jupiter and Mars are all in our night sky right now. Oh, I got um, that. So I love Mars because you can see the red mm-hmm. coloring. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, anyway, so this song is just has such a I don't know, just a, a, an amazing message of when you look at the stars, right? And you realize like how, especially when you get into an area where like all the stars are 
are visible to the to your eye, and you realize just how. In, I guess going from the mountains to the gorge to the right. beach, all in like subsequent days, really like one, two, three. I was at all three, and thinking about like right the waves, and we the waves are caused because we have a moon that and the sun and all. There's this gravitational pull that creates tides and creates these waves and the movement. All of this would happen, right? If we weren't, if we weren't here or not, if we were right. here or not, like all of this is happening. The whether we're here or not, and it is. Tr- truly amazing that we exist right like if you th- really think about it like it's weird what it took yeah whatever it was for us to be here right it's just amazing it's yeah. it's it, it's incredible and when you can stand there and look at the stars and you see all of those dots most of those dots aren't star like aren't stars or suns right they're 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 lights from a whole galaxy right with millions and millions of stars and millions and like billions of planets. Yeah. And, and they might they might not even be there. The did, light is still just traveling to us. Yeah, and they could have they, they could have extinguished, yeah. right? And and we wouldn't know about it for millions of years because they're millions of light years away. That means right. that's it takes light a year to travel a certain amount of distance and that means millions of years just for that light to get there. We're literally looking at the past when right. we're looking at the stars and it's it's just it just I love puts, your passion right now because I'm the same way it about it all. It just puts all of us into perspective, right? Like right. we think of all of this stuff that's going on around us and we think that everything is just like this constant. And you th- you really think about just, I just, I don't know. I love the, the two lyrics I love from this is like, it's how rare mm-hmm. and truly beautiful it is that we even exist. Right. Right. Because if you think about how rare life is in this in this universe like yeah. i'm not saying there's not life anywhere else right. but it's rare right mm-hmm. we have nine planets in our little solar in our little solar system and there's no life on any of those right it's just how rare and truly beautiful it is that yeah. we even exist and then to be able to like stand and look at the waves and realize like this is like the only place in millions of miles mm-hmm. that we know of that that's that well, there is even a, a wave, mm-hmm. right? There's an ocean to look at, right? And then the other one is like, um, I, I if I could see it all again, I tried to find a pen to write it all down, mm-hmm. but I, oh, I, I, if I could write it all down, but I could never find a pen. That the universe was made to be seen through my eyes. It's just, I don't know. I just, I love that so much. Like being able to just stand there, be in the moment, and take in these beautiful, just amazing sights, right? Um, I just, I don't know. I just, that with like the instrumentals and the, the lead singer's voice, it's just very, just, it's a very cosmic kind very, of feel right. to it. And I, I just, I've always been attached to those kind of things that point out that there is so much bigger, so much bigger and more exciting and amazing out there than just what is our day-to-day lives. But there's also something to be said about and to not minimize how beautiful and big it is that we get to live those day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> We're getting deep, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, look them up. Yeah, uh, that's great. It's Even, a great song. I love just how the whole beginning is like there's no lyrics and it's just music. And it's, it almost is kind of cosmic-like music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It reminds me, and everything you're saying right now, it always makes me think of like uh, Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just like, 
just how tiny we are in in the scheme of things and how lucky we are to 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 live and and to have moments to appreciate the stars you know Jen always tells me like I love that I love your ability to look up and appreciate what's up there you know cuz and I to me that's just natural but I guess people don't do that and it's it's weird to me mm-hmm. you know look at the moon look at the stars tonight look at this look at saturn look at look at you can see all of them in the sky tonight you can't see them but you see them mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. and to me i'm like whoa dude that's another planet right there i i don't know that's why your whole your whole everything you're saying right now is just i'm all in on it i love it i'm the same way about it that's why we took that class with shamrell i think changed the whole like I took it because I love I've always loved looking up, mm-hmm. but now to have not only understanding about the science but mathematically what it takes, it just all that stuff that we got to learn in that course. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, yeah, good choice, dude. Thank you, good choice. Um, okay, my choice. <laughs> so this is on one of my records that I got recently. Mm-hmm. It's on the um, Night at the Opera. It's Queen's Seaside Rendezvous. And um, I told you why I picked the song. I'm going to keep that a little close to the chest. Yeah. Um, but it's very cheery, very happy. When this song comes on on the record player, when we're listening to it, uh, I can't help but like kind of bop through the house. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's Seaside Rendezvous. We yeah. always say it like with a French accent <laughs> and like. I don't know. It's just it's a very cheery song, very happy song. Um, I think it is. It is a it's a fun song. Yeah, yeah. I think in the last week, this is kind of where I've been feeling. Mm. Um, Good. I'm glad. To yeah. Hear that. It's uh. There's there's some moving parts happening in life, and um, I feel better mentally and mental health. Um, school stressful, work mm. stressful, but. You know, I had that appointment with my doctor to kind of catch up and see where I am. And mm-hmm. the biggest ability that I've I've been able to get from all of this is the ability to go, I got this. And that is such a huge change from, like, impending doom constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Good. I'm oh, happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, I liked this song. I had never heard it before. Yeah. Um, the... I love... Like that, right there, yeah. right? That, that, that kind it's of. Like a <laughs> they have sound so effects. many different song sounds, and yeah. there's one point it kind of gets big band jazzy, where yeah. they have like uh, trumpets with the with the mutes yep. in them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love that sound because I love big band. Right. And I'm like, this song has so much going on mm-hmm. that it's it's almost chaotic, but it's like a controlled chaos yep. because Freddie Mercury has such a showmanship where yes. he kind of like. It's it, it comes it's very pageantry right and the, mm-hmm. I guess it fits in with the with the theme of Night at the Opera right, right. this is a very performance mm-hmm. and it makes me kind of think of Neil Patrick Harris kind of in a way oh and, okay um, in his kind like of in that. his ability to kind of be that showman right. like uh, I don't know I I love this I really liked this song and plus being at I, I love the beach I know yeah. you love the beach yes um so this is a lot of this is it's just a fun fun song um yeah lyrically I mean it's just it's it's you know, just about being at the beach and being with those that you love and, mm-hmm. and just for all, I mean, it's talking about the Mediterranean. Yeah. God, I wish, right. but <laughs> just, you know, being with those you love, enjoying the beach and having a seaside rendezvous. Yeah. I was wondering if, sorry, just no, last, last point. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was like, I wonder if it's, 
because they said it best can can be a musical i think can also doesn't have to be lyrics it can be a musical feel right so i was going to ask you if there was prior to finding out why you liked the song yeah um, i was going to ask you whether if it was a feel yeah that queen was able to capture with this song that yeah. that made you think they said it best or if there was a specific lyric because there wasn't really a lot of deep lyrics no, in this song it's at all. the feel it's the feel it's the feel which i really liked i like that you you kind of broaden the interpretation of yeah they said it best yeah it's like like i said i'm bopping through the house and like mm-hmm. you know uh and then uh, this whole album is incredible a uh, night at the opera you should listen to it all the way through okay um the song i chose last week for the number song is 39 and it's about 1939 and both of these songs feel like historical songs like Mm -hmm. they were written prior to when the band actually wrote it yeah which is something i also love like this doesn't feel like a freaking 80s rock band or 70s rock Mm -hmm. band this feels like a like a big band or like a a boppy kind of like show i don't know like even 1939 Mm -hmm. type band um so they really i think they're the greatest band of all time of all time and and that has a lot to do with freddie but it is also the fact that like every single member of this band wrote a number one hit song. That's crazy. Yeah. Like even the song like uh, I'm in love with my car. I'm pretty sure the drummer wrote it and he sings it and his voice is so different than Freddie's that it's just an it's just a the transition from uh, the a song that is sang by Freddie on the record mm-hmm. to then his. It just turns into like a grungy like I'm in love with my car. It's just like, wait, what? But it's it's so good. This band is incredible. Yeah. I love Brian May. Yeah, dude. I I never, you know, there's the hits, right? There's Queen mm-hmm. hits. But now finding and listening to their Queen records, the way that they were recorded from beginning to end, there's so much that he does that I I undervalued. You know, you know the solos and the and the mm-hmm. and the riffs in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or yeah. another woman that bites the dust or whatever it may be. But songs like that, like uh, Seaside Rendezvous, or it's mostly piano and stuff. But there's mm-hmm. like so many songs on A Night at the Opera where he's just he's doing so much on guitar, but so subtly. I'm just like, dude. He's amazing, mm-hmm. and he's not a big showman. He's not like, look at me, I'm a, sh- I'm gonna melt your face. But he will subtly melt your face yeah. if you're listening to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's he, so good. He was uh, Queen, especially, but Brian May was such a big influence on Def Leppard, mm. and he's played shows with with Def Leppard oh. where he's kind of guested and played guitar with them. That's rad, They're amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. He builds his own guitars. Does he really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't play brand like fender or, or les paul or whatever mm-hmm. he builds his own yeah and plays those like joe elliott the lead singer of def leppard he said like watching queen growing up mm-hmm. you're like we need to sound good live because queen sounded as good live Dude. as they do on their albums yes. and they said like we didn't want to be that stadium rock band that you have to go into a, you, you in order to your for you to sound good you have to go into a studio we right. want to be able to sound good in a stadium and so they found members of the band who could all sing and that's something else that queen does yes that every member of that band can sing Mm -hmm. to an extent in harmonies and everything everything like that and that's what's something that i know def leopard's interesting i know def leopard's not your sound not at all not at all (laughs) you might like pyromania better that's that's more of a early 80s late 70s Mm, feel than like the the stadium hair metal that hysteria album was was the one you listened to but Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, that's there was a lot. There's a lot of Queen influence. It's well, amazing. I mean, not only like, yeah. just to build on your Queen is the best band ever. Mm-hmm. The amount of influence, like you know, you're big when you're influencing other big bands. Right. Like Def Leppard at one point bands. was one of the biggest bands on the planet. Right. And still has staying power today. Right. Was influenced by Queen. Right. Right. So you know you're a big band when you have that level of influence. Right. So. I love your knowledge of them. Of Def Leppard. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's cool little facts. All right, guys. I got to go to work. Yeah, and you do. If I want to get this episode of today, I got to go now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.